right, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. I am your host here, Mark Hogan. This is Derek Randall. Derek? Hey, Mark. All right, so it is uh, September 16th. Week one is in the books here. So, uh, obviously, exciting week here. we got a lot to uncover. So, what we'll go ahead and do is we'll recap all of the matchups from week one, and then we will preview uh, week two as well. And from there, um, maybe just uh, throughout the throughout the way, kind of point out some of our hot takes and some of our uh, some of our misfires as well. How does that sound? That sounds perfect to me. All right, cool. So we'll go ahead and uh, get started here. Which matchup? Which matchup do you want to cover here first? Oh, uh, let's just start right off with your matchup. Um, all right, cool. Let me hold on one second here. I'm just going to go ahead and pull it up real quick. So, in week one, I'll get us started then. You were up against the glorious auto happers, <laughs> which a reminder to everyone that that is Kemper's team, and they are named the auto happers because he missed the first half of our draft. Um, filling in Kuhar's shoes perfectly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Kemper, I think he actually, you know, I think we talked about it a little bit, but he did, I did feel like he had like a stronger, um, you know, half when he actually started drafting. But uh, yeah, you know, believe it or not, Chris Carson panned out for him uh, in, in, in week one there. So um, that could have been the play over, you know, I think he had the option of him or I forget who else it was. Um, or did he get uh, Michael Thomas? Was it Michael Thomas that he got in the first round? Um, no, in the first, he was, was it Chris Carson? It was Chris Carson or Lev Bell or one or the other. Yeah, he got Chris Carson in the first round. So that actually ended up being one of his best players. Uh, so his first round player really panned out there. And then if you look at it, you know, Le'Veon Bell, um, was, I think probably like a round three or four pick, um, roughly like ADP, I would say. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously with him with the ankle injury, that's a, that's a pretty rough blow there. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the highlight of his team, at least long-term, is we'll see what happens with Benny Snell now. So it's kind of like he lost Le'Veon Bell, but almost like upgraded to uh, Benny Snell, who I, mean, I felt like looked actually pretty good in that, in that Steelers game. He might have that job here, potentially even, even moving forward once, uh, once Connor is healthy again. No, I think Connor, the second Connor's healthy, he's got the workhorse role. The issue I don't know. Is, I see every time he gets hurt, whenever he's like good to go, they don't hesitate. They throw him in a hundred percent of the way. They did that last year. And honestly, it's it's kind of a bad choice on the Steelers part because he just keeps getting hurt. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, at least you know when you're starting James Connor what you're getting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's always a risk because he's just so injury-prone. Recapping, like, with Kemper here, like, you know, Devontae Parker is never necessarily high on. He had an average game. Mike Evans, the same. CeeDee Lamb, I, th- I think, is a bright spot for his team moving forward as well. Um, I think I'll, I'll you'll see more work out of CeeDee Lamb, too, but – um, I mean, this is exactly what we expected out of this team. Just, like, not great quarterback play and just really not a whole lot of um, strong plays in general here. So, Exactly. Like, Josh Allen had a phenomenal game, but he was up against a really, really bad defense. And I'm, I'm not sure we can expect too many north of 25-point games for Josh Allen moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and then, like, if I look at it here, like, I guess on, like, the – oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, sorry. I thought I cut out there for a second. Um, so, like, on my side of things, like, you know, again, probably a little bit more of exactly what we expected, you know, strong quarterback play, kind of the opposite here. Um, I think, like, you know, I, I made the decision going into this week to um, go ahead and just bench Acres, um, especially when I found out that, like, Brown was going to be starting. Like, I just, like, kept re- reading more and more about how Brown was going to get more and more work. Um, so I was like, ah, for week one, at least I'm going to bench acres. I'll play Marlon Mack and Marlon Mack seemed like a strong play until he obviously got hurt there. So, um, definitely, you know, kind of moving forward a little, you know, disappointed about that, but, um, overall felt pretty good about, um, you know, how my team showed up here. So, yeah, I am super disappointed by that Marlon Mack injury because he looks amazing and, the Colts, once he got injured, they completely fell apart. It's like they had no idea what to do then. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor came in, and from a rushing um, like standpoint, um, produ- productivity, he was not good. Like he, no. he didn't look good. He wasn't breaking any tackles whatsoever. And from a fantasy perspective, it's frustrating to me that um, you and I were both, and I, and Dennison I know is also in our in our boat here. We were fading Jonathan Taylor hard and going after Marlon Mack late because that's the way it was going to be for the Colts. Marlon Mack was going to be the starter unquestioned for at least the first third of the year. Yeah. Now all those people that jumped on the Jonathan Taylor boat early are, you know, now they're going to say, Oh, you know, I knew all along Jonathan Taylor was going to be the starter when that's not really what was going to happen. Yeah. It's frustrating because their, their early investment of him is going to be justified, even though it shouldn't be. And quite frankly, my game plan was go with Marlon Mack until Cam Akers was getting more work and then switch over to Akers, like hopefully midseason. So um, I got a little bit more of a, a kind of a rush shot moving forward. But um, yeah, and then the other big thing was, I mean, man, just kind of looking back, I, li- I re-listened to that podcast and you were, you were kind of you know really tough on Terry McCord. And I was I remember saying on the pod, like, I felt like he had a pretty good year last year. I went back and looked at the numbers too. Like he was close to a thousand receiving yards and like seven touchdowns or something like that. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised that McLaurin had a, you know, he didn't have a great game, but uh, I'm expecting, you know, some high upside games moving forward for him too. So. I just think he's going to be really, really, really inconsistent. And I'm not sure he's a guy I would want on my fantasy team. Uh, see, I don't know. I don't know, man. There. And a lot of his performance last year did not come from Haskins. So that's what had me concerned as well. Even though they played in college together, I still was concerned by that. Yeah, I don't know. See, I, I just I, – he's going to get the volume. But, and that's kind of how I look at it is, you know, it doesn't – you know, sometimes the situation, it does matter. But, um, you know, the, they're going to play a certain amount of snaps regardless. So, um, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, at the price point that I was getting in that, you know, I feel pretty good about that play too. So let's let's go ahead and move on. Um, you want to go over to, uh, looks like Carl and Jack's matchup. Yeah. <laughs> what a, this is one of the big surprises to start the year. Um, Carl perennially, perennial, perennially one of the worst teams in the league defeats the, what is this three times Jack's been to the championship now, um, by, Point zero four points, yeah, right? or point zero six. You you really can't make that shit up. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, um, 
I was I was going through it. I didn't realize that this was this close. Um, but then the reason why I didn't realize that is because I forgot that he had Gordon um, in the, you know, uh, in, in that last mon- late Monday night game. So, you know, man, that, that's a quite the backdoor move on, on Carl's part, uh, you know, against Jack here. I'm sure Jack's pretty disappointed. And, and Jack's team looks pretty, you know, normally, again, like he, he – looks like he has a good team going here. So um, it's just a matter of kind of getting unlucky there. But honestly, like, you know, 114, that's not a very high score for a full PPR league. So um, there's, there's got to be some issues on both of these tier teams here, wouldn't you think? Uh, definitely. I mean, this was the lowest scoring matchup of the week, like by a long shot. And a lot of people were worried about Higby going into this year. Um, and I, I am one of them just because of, the fact that Cooper Cup, I just think he's going to be the funnel over the middle of the field. And Gerald Everett is now healthy, so he'll be taking up some of those tight end targets. So I think that kind of came into play for Jack is um, Higby didn't have that massive role that he had at the end of last year. And unfortunately, like Odell Beckham picked up right where he left off last year in the sense that he just completely got destroyed. Like, Baker and him could not connect at all. He had 10 targets, caught three of them. Like, Odell and Baker are not working well together at all. Um, I'm going to give them a pass for this first week just because they're playing the best secondary in all of football in the Baltimore Ravens. But this is going to be a real problem moving forward if Odell and Baker can't connect. Yeah, I mean, as far as Odell goes, you know, obviously there's all the off off uh, off the field stuff as well. So, um, you know, I don't know if that was any kind of distraction leading into because that came out like on Tuesday of week one. So, um, you know, could have haunted him, I guess, all week. But uh, just in general here, like, you know, I mean, the Vikings defense, like I'm a big Vikings fan and I like I was just like. I'm nervous all week. I was like, man, Aaron Rodgers, like, it just feels like he's going to come in and light him up. And that's exactly what he did. Um, Vikings secondary is not what it's been in past years. And even their, their defensive line um, with losing Michael Pierce uh, due to, you know, he sat, he opted out from COVID um, losing Everson Griffin. There's been a lot, they don't have Daniel Hunter right now. So they traded for him that way, but um, that defensive line's hurting. Overall, that defense is not in good shape. So, um, you know, the line is better than the cornerbacks. But at the end of the day, I was kind of surprised he, you know, rolled out, you know, Vikings, you know, defense and kicker. It's kind of like doubling down, hoping that they would, you know, go ahead and win. It's uh, it's kind of a risky move when you get you take the defense and the kicker of the same team there. So not really diversifying yourself much. Yeah, both of them had some serious issues on defense and negative nine from Minnesota. That's pretty killer for Jack. I mean, that's that's a loss in the game, right? If you don't get negative nine points from your defense, you're going to win. So, right. Um, it's shocking it was this close. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, definitely some, some concern here. And then Tyrod Taylor going in that OP, OP spot. You know, we'll see uh, how long it takes for Tua. Um, maybe even Jack rules out J.K. Dobbins. We'll see. Um, but uh, I thought he was going to have golf in that spot. You know, that, that, maybe that was like a last-second uh, switch out there on, on, on NFL Sunday. I was surprised by that, too. Um, but Cincinnati has a pretty bad defense. And the fact that Tyrod Taylor only put up nine points – it shows that Jack might have some concerns with um, 
with his quarterback position this year. He may he has Lamar Jackson, which is great, but in a two QB league, you need someone solid at the second spot there, which Goff in years past has been. But Tyrod Taylor against the Bengals, only putting up nine points. Clearly, they were just a dink and dunk offense yeah. the whole game. So he's not going to work out at all. And then you have Jared Goff against the Cowboys, which aren't a great defense either, only putting up 10. I mean, we'll see what he does moving forward. Maybe he does put a skill position um, player in that offensive player spot. Yeah. And, but I will say on the flip side, um, you know, even though Joe Burrow didn't have like a statistically amazing game uh, fantasy wise, I did feel like he looked good in that game, you know, in real life um, for rookie start, you know, having his first game. Right. So still make mistakes, but at the end of the day, like he seemed pretty comfortable um, and he seems like he's catching on quickly at the NFL level. So, um, you know, there's some promise, I think, for, you know, go, looking on the other side for Carl's team, especially starting off 1-0. and um, But, uh, you know, I guess we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, I think the biggest question marks is that, that RB2 spot for him. And, you know, obviously Michael Thomas moving forward, he's, he's, he's going to be expected to miss multiple weeks. So we'll see how he fills that, that other, you know, those, some of those spots and see what kind of depth he's got here. Yeah, Carl's got some pretty pretty weird guys that uh, performed very well week one on his bench. His bench, I think, might have outscored his starters. Um, just a bunch of really weird misfits on this bench that performed very well. So we'll see if he uses some of those guys. Yeah. Because I – so now he has to replace Blake Jarwin, so he needs a tight end, and the waiver wire is thin, very, very thin. Um, and Joe Burrow, I think, is going to be a great real-life quarterback but not so much fantasy. So at least we'll for year see. one. Yeah, exactly. And Tom Brady, he got a lot of his points in garbage time. He looked like crap that game. It was fantastic. I hate Tom Brady. So watching that game. Oh, how could you hate him? Oh, <laughs> as a big Peyton Manning fan. I mean, oh, all time rivalries right there. But yeah, Tom did not look good. Throws horrible pick six. I mean, yeah, he, that was he might have some misses. Um, that was like a Jameis Winston. I'm sure, like, you know, Bucks fans yeah. are just like, I thought we got, you know, moved on from that kind of play. So um, right. that's literally the same kind of throws that I, I saw Jameis Winston make, you know, last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, but I think Brady, you know, he's also just kind of getting acclimated. Give him a few games and he, he's probably back to his normal self. But, um, you know, I think there was a little bit of overhype for him from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, you know, he doesn't have any kind of legs underneath him. So there's no, none of that aspect, uh, you know, as far as racking up fantasy points as well. So um, that there, there's always a ceiling when you don't have that, that rushing ability too. So, yeah, that Tampa team as a whole is um, very, very overhyped. I don't think they're going to be nearly as well as what people expect. Um, I, I just think it's going to start off slow. I, I think um, if they can go like two and two their first four games, uh, then then they'll they'll kind of find their their rhythm after that. So I just think it's yeah. going to take time. You know, a lot of new guys in that that offense trying to get it together. So I'm seeing nine and seven. That's my my prediction for them. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Um. So let's move on. We'll go ahead and uh, hit on Lennon and Nate's matchup here. Yeah. Yeah, this was quite a surprise to me. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I don't I, if I remember correctly, I either said Andres or Lennon had the worst uh, the worst draft. I can't remember which one, but I wasn't really high on either of their their drafts. So 
Um, the fact that uh, the fact that Lennon beat uh, beat Nate here kind of kind of surprised. I mean, you know, Nate with losing James Conner kind of talked about it before, but again, that's a that's a big blow there, um, considering he probably invested like a fourth or fifth round pick in Conner there. So, uh, yeah, actually, I think he invested a third rounder on Conner, and I'm looking at his team right now, and he can play James Robinson from the Jags. He he had a great week one. He's clearly the starter, yeah. but beyond that. He doesn't really have anybody. And we talked about this with Nate is his lack of depth. So we're going to see that come into play here. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Especially with that injury to James Conner and who knows if he'll miss time, but looking at the flip side of things, Lennon's team really just went nuts. Um, All of his guys performed really at their max capacity here, except for Cooper cup um, who I think is, we're going to see great things from moving forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess. Um, like my thing you're, about the you're not a Cooper Cooper Cup fan. I think he'll have his games. I just don't, you know, I don't know how consistent he's going to be, you know, week in and week out. So I think he's definitely going to have some blow up spots. But you know, I just that Rams offense, I'm not like, you know, jumping through the moon about either. So I don't think they're overly impressive by any means. Um, so you know, I think. And the way that that offense works is like they they really game plan about around one or two, you know, one receiver. Right. So like, you know, the other night it was Robert Woods. Maybe it's Cooper Cup next week. But then, you know, maybe they feature Van Jefferson the week after that. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, they kind of just uh, take turns. And, you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed in an offense that's not like overly electric. So um, I like Cooper Cup. I just. You know, I, I wouldn't rely on him as my wide receiver one, which is pretty much where he has him at. So um, I just think he's he was kind of uh, overvalued there. I think he's a mid to high end wide receiver, two for the season. Um, if you watch Hard Knocks, it's very really clear that him and Goff, they have great chemistry. They do. Um, yeah, they're 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 best buds. Like, there's no doubt about it. And I definitely think that means something when it comes to fantasy football and production. Um, so like you said, I think we'll see a lot of games where cup gets, you know, 12 to 15. And then we're also going to see a handful of 28 to 30 point games, you know? Um, so really something I did notice that I wanted to hit on too is Dalvin cook put up 21.8 points. He was really salvaged by those two touchdowns. Yeah. But what we saw a lot in that game is Alexander Madison having a large role. Do you think that's something they'll move forward with? Well, I think he's always going to have a role, um, especially early in the season, right? Because, you know, Dalvin Cook has gotten injured in the past. So, you know, they're very conscious of, you know, keeping Dalvin Cook healthy. Uh, so that that's obviously going to be, you know, something of focus. And, you know, at the end of the day, like he's, you know, really should be getting most of the goal line carries. Madison might vulture him here and there, but um, I'm not too worried about it. I think he'll still produce – uh, I thought he was being overdrafted. You know, there's a lot of drafts where you would see him in the four or five spot. And I just felt like he was, you know, his value really is that, that turn spot there, that 12, that 13 spot, you know, where he's at in past seasons. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried about Dalvin Cook though, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Um, that would, if you followed that game too, 
you know, yes, it finished a nine-point game, but, like, Minnesota was, like, trailing by three possessions practically the whole time. So yeah. they were kind of getting smacked around, and, you know, the last thing you want to do is have Dalvin Cook in when you're down three possessions. So um, I think that also attributed towards some of Madison's work, too. Uh, Aaron Jones on the flip side, you know, I, I'm kind of, you know, like, he had 17.6 points, but, like, you know, for me, like, just watching because I got to watch some of that game as well. And um, it just seemed like, you know, again, he didn't do very well in the red zone for the most part. Um, you know, James, you know, um, Williams and, and also even they're, they're starting to try and work in AJ Dillon. Um, I'm kind of worried about his, you know, goal line carries in general there. So um, he'll always have that receiving out of the backfield, but um, certainly worried about some of his touchdown opportunities moving forward. Yeah, I think Aaron Jones will get a lot more work uh, moving forward. I don't, I don't know. This game just seemed like an Aaron Rodgers saying a big "fuck you" to the league and just yeah. going off after down last year. That's I mean, everyone was disrespecting like. him going into this year, so I just exactly. knew that was going to happen. Um, as a Vikings fan, I was like, man, everyone's been talking shit about Aaron Rodgers, like you know, not being like where he was, he's normally at. Um, he kind of like, if you saw some of his press conferences, he had a chip on his shoulder. So just one of those things where, uh, Viking secondary sucks. So it's like, you knew that he was going to come out gunning. So definitely. All right. Um, well, let's move yeah. on to, uh, who does the rug match the, who is that? Is that Andres? That's Andres. All um, names, yeah. Yeah. Andres. Two names change so often. It's so hard to keep track of. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm just going to go by the – I don't even know. Does the rug match the – I have to, like, hit the, the three dots to get the full name, the, the Drake. Does the rug match the Drake. All right. Ha-ha. Um, so, yeah, Andres again, like, you know, we're talking about uh, second highest scorer of the league. Um, so, I mean, look, like, I got Len and Andres' team. I mean, I did say, like, I felt like, you know, I think I said Andres um, was going to get off to a hot start. Um, so, and that's exactly what's happening here. Obviously riding off of Devonte Adams and Will Fuller saw a ton of volume, not surprising. Like I respect Will Fuller when he's on the field, but it's like, you know, give Will Fuller two weeks and he might be, you know, done for the season. Right. So, um, any surprises here though, just in general for you with Andre's team? Uh, no, I mean, as I said, during the draft episode, like I feel like Andre's had one of the better drafts and, we did say that we think he could go three and zero, super hot start, and then injuries catch up to him, and his team starts tailing off. Um, so I feel like we're kind of seeing what we should have expected or did expect going into the, the year. Him off to a super fast start. He has he has great players on his team. Um, it's just a, they're all super injury prone. So we're gonna see how long these guys can last for him. But uh, all, yeah, already Miles Sanders missed week one for him. So, I don't know. I think Mark Ingram is going to be a serious disappointment for him this year. But luckily, he's got Kenny and Drake and David Johnson to work on. Yeah, I mean, those are like his two guys, right? Like, you know, Miles Sanders, Mark Ingram. At some point, you're going to have to try and, you know, figure out who you got to play of those three. But um, because Miles Sanders is hard to, you know, keep on the bench, right? But um, end of the day, like, he's going to have a great situation with his running backs. David Johnson exceeded expectations. Kenyon Drake, honestly, didn't have a great game. 
Not um, he got a touchdown late in that game. If he didn't get that touchdown, you know, he would have been in single digits. So, um, in a full PBR. So, um, I'm a little concerned about Kenyon Drake, but again, once he gets Sanders back, he'll throw him right into that spot. So I think he's in a pretty good spot and, you know, he'll just, uh, watch Naheem Mines waste away on his bench, I guess, too. So, um, although I think that that was kind of an uncharacteristic, uh, I don't think Naheem Pines is putting up a 27 spot every week. I no, I don't think so at all. Um, he's, they're not going to do exactly what they do with Eckler and San Diego, but Naeem Hines, he's a versatile player. They're going to get him work. Just not to this degree. This was a panic button. You know, they got behind and actually lost to the Jags. Unbelievable. But, and then <laughs> Naeem Hines, they, um, he really got thrown in there once Marlon Mack got hurt and Jonathan Taylor couldn't do shit. So, I mean, you know, they just went all Heinz. And on the flip side, you know, Tackett has Jonathan Taylor here. So, um, he, you know, I, I was, like, surprised that he had started him and he kind of just, like, lucked out that Mack got hurt because otherwise Taylor would not have even had the points that he had here. Um, so, you know, he ended up getting some decent points from Taylor, but – uh you know, Saquon not having the best game. You know, we all know he'll bounce back. But um, his receivers, I mean, I'm not worried really. Like, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, like he's going to ride those two guys. Gallup, you know, I'm Gallup I'm not a big fan of just because there's so yeah. many mouths to feed there. Yeah. But, um, you know, if your wide receiver three is your only worry here, that's not a bad position. Although I'm not a big fan of, you know, I've said time and time again, not, not really um, – a huge fan of Daniel Jones and they talked about how they don't want to, you know, have him running the ball as much this year either. And that was kind of where his fantasy points came from last year. So um, definitely concerned about that OP spot and that wide receiver three spot here for Tackett. Yeah. I mean, Saquon Barkley watching that game, it was concerning that that offensive line wasn't getting him any space whatsoever to run. He was being tackled on the backfield on basically every play. Um, finished with six yards rushing. So there's some serious concern with Barkley. All of his points came on that touchdown catch. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd be kind of worried about Barkley. Volume is going to be huge for him. But, man, if that offensive line continues to suck, he could have a tough time producing. Yeah, I mean, that, like, especially with the way game flow could go for the Giants for a lot of games this year, it's like if he's, you know, again, playing from behind, like, you know, just one of those things where I'd, I'd be concerned about having more 12 spots than 30. So, um, and for a guy that's being drafted number one, number two overall in most drafts, that's not what you're looking for. So you need minimum 20 points a, a game. So um, definitely a little – a little concerned about, you know, I think Tackett's team, team's just a little fragile here right now. So, um, all right, so let's go ahead and we'll, we'll go ahead and move on here. And yeah, let's have get a, to um, Caleb and Jimmy here. Yeah, so another this really was, close matchup. This was even closer. This was an absolute heartbreak. My heart hurts for Caleb because I was watching that game, and it was very clear that, Melvin Gordon was not a workhorse back that they were doing a one-two punch with him and Lindsay and Lindsay got hurt and Caleb falls. What? Four yards shy of a victory. Like, Oh, that hurts. I mean, like literally, yeah, four yards. So like, or even if Phil Lindsay got like one extra catch, like 
I mean, there's so much that could have, you know, Cowboys defense gave him zero points. Like, uh, Fairbarn gave him one point. Like, he got, <laughs> you know, a combined one point from his defense and kicker. So, it's like, man, like, just, you know, three, three, you know, three more yards, a point three, right? Um, right. would have got him, or point four really would have got him a win. And, you know, I mean, as far as Jimmy's team goes, you know, he did, I, I'm kind of worried about Austin Eckler with Joshua Kelly eating into his workload, but, um, I think obviously the highlight here was Aaron Rodgers just completely, completely going off. So that's really kind of what put Jimmy in a good position overall here. And then he just had kind of like solid performances from everyone else. Yeah. So. Great performance from Aaron Rodgers. Um, Nick Chubb against once again, like we said about Odell, um, it the matchup being against Baltimore, I will take that number of five yeah. and a half with a grain of salt. Um, Eckler, I'm a little con- like you said concerned about because Josh Kelly was in there a lot, and for some reason they weren't using Eckler in the passing game, which seems so stupid because that's like where he thrives. So yeah. I have a tough time understanding what they were doing there. Um, T.Y. Hilton, I said it in the pre, you know, in the draft podcast that I really think he's going to have a bad year with Phillip Rivers. They do not match each other's play style um, at all. I think Pittman will become more and more integrated in this offense, and T.Y. will start to fade away. Um, We'll see. this In week one, we didn't quite see that. 453, not a terrible line, not a great line. Um, But running through, his tight end, Austin Hooper, did – pretty much nothing so yeah I'm, I'm wondering if maybe he's going to roll out Hayden Hurst moving forward um or continue to try Hooper we'll see yeah I mean um and just looking at it overall like you know like I I I would not mind you know every once in a while or if he even did this next week uh Mostert over Eckler um as high as he probably drafted Eckler um, Mostert is in, you know, one of the best run offenses in the in the NFL. So uh, it you probably will see more really great games out of Mostert at least early on um, until they start working in Tevin Coleman a little bit more. And you do have to remember, Jarek McKinnon was back and he actually scored a touchdown. So um, you know they'll start working in those other running backs. It's kind of a, a scary proposition with Mostert, but. Um, Eckler is now kind of a similar boat with Joshua Kelly. So that's going to be kind of a headache for him. Uh, but Darius Slayton, man, like Darius Slayton is, uh, you know, he is, he is underrated and, um, wouldn't mind if he started playing Darius Slayton as well moving forward, because they're going to be playing catch up in a lot of those games. Right. Which is, is Jimmy, what the hell do you do with your receivers? Cause then you have Cooper Lockett, T.Y., Keenan Allen, Darius Slayton, Anthony Miller. Like, if I were Jimmy, I'd start trading some of these guys because um, he's got a lot of really good receivers and not so great at uh, at the quarterback position. In my, opinion. I mean, you could pair you could pair Eckler and like Ty Hilton to try and get like a solid, a really good RB two, right? Like, I feel like that would be a fair one, or a Moster and an Allen. You know, there's a couple of different combinations that you could do to get a you know, a high-end RB2. Um, so, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, Eckler is really supposed to be an RB1 or RB2, but, um, you know, I just, end of the year, I don't see it happening. And he's a guy that, 
you know, I think they also want to keep healthy. So again, a guy that they're going to kind of um, do some workload management with here. So. Yeah. And on, um, the, go ahead. on the flip side. Yeah. So Caleb is clearly going to be um, hurting at running back. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, he does have Alexander Madison on his bench. So hopefully for his sake, Madison will continue to get kind of a, a chunk of work for the Vikings there because otherwise, I mean, he's going to play Rojo pretty much every week, which I, I would not want to do that, but he doesn't have any other position. And then Philip Lindsay got hurt. And it sounds like he might be out a few weeks. Yeah. I mean, I, if I, you know, Leonard Fournette is clearly going to be a guy he needs to just plug in and pray with. Um, you know, I think that with Fournette, like, He's still going to get, like, shared workloads, you know, this week, maybe even next week. But, like, again, by, like, week four, week five, when that offense is starting to get into sync, like, Leonard Fournette is going to be the guy. Um, But that's a problem for what, you know, like, Fournette landed in the worst possible spot for Caleb here because it just, you know, with Fournette and Jones, he's – it's just going to eat into his his running backs and Lindsey's out. So, like – I don't know, Caleb, if you're listening to this, like trade Tyreek Hill and try and get a running back, to be honest. Like, um, trade your best receiver to get a really good running back or something because that's the only way you're going to survive this year. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think he needs to do that. Um, so how about we'll go to your matchup here? All right. Yep. I took Dennis a smoked you. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Um, Highest scoring team of the, of the, of, of the week. Yeah, high-scoring team buoyed by two players, two massive performances by Josh Jacobs and Calvin Ridley. Um, I mean, I, I knew the second Josh Jacobs scored his third touchdown, it was over. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I don't even know. That was at like 3 o'clock. <laughs> so, yeah, and Joe Mixon dudded for him big time. Um, but Calvin Ridley, all of his production came in garbage time. Both those touchdowns, uh, the, a massive amount of yardage, all came when they were trailing by a lot. So I don't think we can see 34 points every week, but Calvin's definitely a force to be reckoned with. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I think if any anyone that was on, high on Calvin Ridley knew that he was going to take a step forward, um, I felt like he was taking a step forward as well. Now, again, like you said, like he's not scoring 34 points every single week, but like, he is a guy you should be able to rely on for good points every single week. So, you know, I expect 15 or more out of him on a week-to-week basis at this point. Uh, just the way that offense is designed and it's set up and everything else, um, the amount of attention Julio draws every week. So, um, Ridley is really the biggest fantasy benefit, you know, benef- uh, beneficiary of that entire offense. Um and then I, I do have, you know, as far as Josh Jacobs goes, like I don't expect 36 every week from him either. So I would say temper expectations on Dennison's team uh, a little bit, but he's a good team. Like it's, it's looking solid. Edelman, uh, you know, I see putting up, you know, continuing to put up points. Seems like he's got decent chemistry with Cam. And, uh, you know, even just looking at his bench, like, there's nothing great here on his bench, but there's guys that if he got desperate could, you know, come in and produce for him too. So um, he's in a decent spot. I just don't think he's the best team by any means. Um, and the, I don't think this week one score, you know, truly reflects, you know, where his team's actually at. No, not at all. And, and I'm looking at his production and a lot of his production came on touchdowns, you know, like 
basically DJ Chark would have been uh, a, a horrible performance without that one long catch yeah. for a touchdown. Otherwise, yeah. he would have been like two for ten. So, um, and, and then you're looking at, I don't Tannehill. I mean his his touchdowns were kind of fluky. They hit Jonu Smith on a one yard TD. Nor, most of the time, that'd be Derrick Henry. Um, no, I mean I, I I don't mind Tannehill. Like I think that. Um... Like, I, I was high on Johnny Smith, um, and I, I was, you know, like, my expectation for Johnny Smith was probably higher than a lot of people just because there's there's mouths to feed in that, that you know, um, that, that Tennessee offense that people overlook because of Derrick Henry. Um, and, and we saw that a little bit, right? We saw that this, this week against Denver. Um, but in a game where it's only 16 to 14, he still gets 19 fantasy points. Um, I'll take that. That's probably his wheelhouse. He's a 15 to 20 point, you know, quarterback per week. Um, but in your OP spot, that's not like horrible. He's just not like, you can't really rely on him for 30 either. So, um, you know, there's there, he's kind of capping himself with a mediocre, uh, quarterback and Dak Prescott, you know, again, everyone's like, Oh, he's going to light it up, light it up. But I mean, Dak Prescott is not the same player as Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. So, um, I'm a little lower on his quarterbacks than maybe some others are. And, you know, like you said, I think a lot of his production did come off of touchdowns here for this week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller, they feasted on a horrible Carolina defense. So I, I felt unfortunate I had to face off against Josh Jacobs exploding, but um, I don't think you can expect that type of production moving forward. I do think J- Jacobs will be killer um, because clear, clearly Gruden doesn't want to have Derek Carr throwing the ball too often. Yeah. I mean, I think the spot like on your team, and this is my exact concern with your team was your wide receivers. Like, you know, there's just not a whole, you know, for me, like Derek Henry and Christian McCaffrey, they're going to score, you know, a good, you know, exactly kind of combined for exactly what they did this week, every single week, if not more. Right. So, um, you know, you're talking about, Did you lose you? You there, Mark? Hello? Yeah, we got disconnected there. So first disconnect of anchor for the year. So there we go. I'll always expect that. Um, um, <laughs> I lost you when you were saying you expect uh, basically McCaffrey and Henry to average about forty-five points a week. Forty-five um, to fifty. So that's where it cut off then. So forty-five to fifty, if not more. Um, and then just in general, like you know, again, Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield, like that, that's kind of your issue too, is you're, you're pairing your wide receivers with your quarterbacks, not really diversifying. So um, you're talking about, you know, (laughs) at the end of the day, like if Baker doesn't have a good day, Jarvis is probably not going to have a great day either. Yeah. And and like I said before with, you know, Odell and Chubb, um, I'll chalk this first one up to the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, We're really going to see what happens Thursday night when the Browns play the Bengals. That'll be a true test of how good, you know, the Browns can be. 
because they should they should beat up on the Bengals pretty bad. You would uh, think, not a but defense. Bengals are a different team this year. You never know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, on the flip, I didn't want to have to play Randall Cobb, but with Sutton being out, I knew he was going to be out. I didn't feel like I had any other choice. I didn't think Mike Williams was going to play. That's for sure. Yeah, that's surprising. But apparently, this four-week injury is a zero-week injury. So Yeah. Yeah. So, on the bright spot, I guess I have two really good tight ends in Travis Kelsey and Noah Fant. Too bad I can't play both those. But Well, that's a that's kind of a good trade piece. So, maybe you can trade uh, Jimmy uh, a tight end for one of his, his receivers there, right? Because he needs – you know, yeah. Austin Hooper did not have a good game and – you know, I guess it's up to Jimmy to you know decide if he thinks Austin Hooper will, um, you know, will be a guy that that can, can produce for him. So um, that could be a good you know potential trade here. So, uh, by the way, did you notice that IBM like Watson uh, trade thing on the app there? Yes. So I'm sure, I hope I hope people mess around with that because some of the BS trades that I was uh, you know getting recommended there. Um, was pretty entertaining so um i'm just gonna you know call, you know when people send me bad trades just chalk it up as an ibm watson recommendation there because um they're in my opinion like the ones that were at least populating for me were pretty ridiculous <laughs> nice i i haven't even clicked to see a trade offer thing i just keep getting trade offers from nate um that are like Oh, let's go take a look at Nate's team and see who he's been offering me. He always wants Christian McCaffrey. It's usually like uh, James Robinson for Christian McCaffrey. It's <laughs> it's it's it just don't don't even Nate don't even offer. Me. I've, I've got a I've got a valid uh, trade offer here. Um, so I have a valid trade offer from uh, match the the I don't even know match the Drake rug or something. Okay. Um, who is that? Lennon or Andres? Uh, that's Andres. Okay. So he offered me um, Alan Lazard and Naheem Hines for Terry McLaurin. I'm big wow. on Terry McLaurin, though, so I'm not trading him, at least for those two guys. I don't really see any – there's not a whole lot of benefit for me out of that trade. So, um, Well, that's the thing. A trade, as fair as a trade can be, if there's no – actual benefit tangible benefit on your side then it doesn't make sense yeah and and i don't really have a need for either of those guys like i'm not completely desperate for running back here so um that's a very fair trade though it's yeah i mean it's it's fair i guess just based off of like how lazard and heinz did week one but i'm just higher on the core and like i personally think that he's you know gonna you know finish the year as like a low-end wide receiver too and I have him as my wide receiver three. So um, I'm just not into that. So, um, but I may, I might be in the market for a running back here as everyone pretty much else here as well. So, except me, that uh, my whole keeper and first, uh, first overall pick really works well. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a good spot with your running backs and one of the few, uh, few teams. So, how about we'll, we'll go ahead and um, let's talk about uh, matchups here now. Yeah. Heading into week two, um, we just we just left um, left off on my matchup with Dennison. So let's hop right back into my team and wrap it up. As Caleb has just changed his team name to Fistfuls of Peyote and LSD. That sounds like him in a nutshell. 
Yep. So I'm wondering if he was doing that or something when uh, when he renamed <laughs> I'm the team. Guess. I'm curious with to how he decided that uh, that team name or what that has to do with with fantasy football here. But um, you know, if I had to just kind of looking at the matchup first look here, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. You know, I'm I'm probably gonna go with you. You know, just because you got the CMC and her Henry you know, combo there and he has like no running back. So, um, but his, his receivers are kind of dangerous here. So that's, that's the one concern I have here for you. Um, if all of his receivers light it up, uh, you know, his quarterbacks are pretty solid too. Um, his defense could even put up some points. I, I, I do have some concern here. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's a runaway by any means. No, they've got his receivers severely underprojected. Like, I think all of these guys should be sitting at projections of 17 or above. So I don't know why they've got them so low. Um, I'm actually concerned now that I'm looking at it because when you look at the projected totals, I'm a 13-point favorite. But when you actually look at the matchup, I actually think it's going to be close. So um, I don't know. It. You're right. It's going to come down to his running backs and seeing how Ronald Jones and Alexander Madison. It's like he's listening to us as we're doing a lot. Uh, it's going to come down to those two and see what kind of numbers they can put up. I don't even mind if he plays Jones and Fournette uh, both at the same time right now because they're kind of like, you know, Splitting. Fournette could get like a, a, a touchdown and Jones could get like five catches. Um, so it's like, you know, if both scores one touchdown, like, they could both put up like 15 points. So um, I don't even mind doing that. But yeah, I mean, anytime you got your two running backs, like all, all you need is like just two of your three receivers to, to show up. And Emmanuel Sanders, I think, will. Um, it's, uh, I think it's going to come down to Jarvis Landry on Thursday. So, um, you know, I, I, I do agree with you. I think they will have a bounce back. So, I'm not too concerned. That's why I feel like I'm going. I'm going with your team, but I do have some concern just for Baker long term in that OP spot. Absolutely. And looking at my lineup, um, I'm seeing Mike Williams is facing Kansas City. Now, Kansas City held Deshaun Watson that offense down to a degree, but is that a matchup that you would entertain? Is subbing in Mike Williams over Jarvis Landry? No. Nope. I think Landry's going to bounce back here. Um, so I would do him over Randall Cobb, though. Like, yeah, I'm I'm assuming that Sutton's going to play, um, and that would replace Randall Cobb. I'm not sold on Sutton, but I think you have because of where you drafted him, you have to at least you know play him the first time that he's available. Um, but like, I mean, I told you, man. Like, I was like, you were you were really high on this Broncos offense, and maybe you still are, but um, yeah, I just personally, it's a project, like I said, and I think. Like there's glimpses, like there's glimpses of of success in that offense, but it's just going to take time, as I mentioned. And I, I think we saw that. That's exactly what it looked like on on that game on Monday as well. Yeah, I mean the first quarter and a half of that game. I mean, honestly, my jaw was again. Like Drew Locke looked incredible. Noah Fant looked incredible. They were totally in sync, and it, it's like even their running game was great when Lindsey was there. The only thing, it, it just makes you wonder, like, how it's all going to come together when Sutton's there. Because he was playing without Sutton or K.J. Hamler. So, Judy was the only real receiver. 
And Judy had a couple really bad drops. Yeah. Um, rookie drops, for sure. So, and Drew Locke was pinpoint accurate the whole game. So, I'm really, really curious to see how they look in the next few weeks. Yeah. I think they're a project offense. Like, I just, uh, you know, they'll, they'll have some good weeks too. But at the end of the year, um, don't see them being, you know, that top 10 kind of offense. Or, I, I don't know if you said top 10 or top 15. But, you know, I, I would be sh- kind of shocked if they even broke the top 15 there. So, um, you know, I, they're, they're on their way, but I think they're, they're about a year out from actually, you know, fully clicking there. So, um, cool. So let's go ahead and we'll move on here. And, um, how about we'll go with, um, we'll, with, with Kemper and Jack's, uh, matchup. So, um, yep. I mean, like Jack's going to win here, I think. So like, I just feel like all of Jack's players will just like bounce back all in the same week as well and just completely go off here. So, um, you know, when I'm looking at it in general, like, like I think AJ Brown will have a better week. Um, like, you know, we're talking about the Browns already with Odell. I think he could even have a better week. Um, I mean, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but I don't really think there's a whole lot to talk about here um, with Kemper's team, except for like, you know, the, the lone bright spot of like CD lamb and Chris Carson. Yeah. I think Chris Carson is definitely the lone bright spot. And unfortunately for him, he's against new England, which I think new England's defense is still pretty decent, even though they had a lot of guys um, throwing the towel for COVID. Um, and then he's still got Bell in there, so obviously he's going to sub him out for probably David Montgomery, I would imagine. Um, but Gronk on Kemper's team, I think he's a complete bust. I We kind of talked about that preseason about Gronk. Probably not going to do much this year. I don't think he's going to have any sort of year um, at all. I, I'm just looking at this, and I don't see any possible way for Kemper to win. Yeah, I mean, I think or, – or you could put Snell in there as well um, over in Bell's spot, right? Because I don't think Connor will play this week, or will True. he? Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked at the recent reports, but you could – I mean, you could theoretically play him. Um, but, like, you know, his quarterbacks just are ugly, and it's just like it's already kind of snowballing here. So, um, Yeah, he, he should be playing TJ Hawkinson over Gronk, no doubt about it. Yeah, I would do that as well. Um, but it's like, you know, Gronk is just like that headache this year where it's like the second you bench him, like whatever week it is, once he decides to bench him, that's when he'll have like three touchdowns. So, um, you know, that's going to happen at some point this year too. So, he'll yeah, have kind of that one, one-off one game. First order of business, Kemper, uh, drop two tight ends at least. You have four on your team. So, that's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Got to fix that and then get some more – some players you'll actually use on your squad. Um, all right. So, we'll – I mean, and then what do we think about, like, you know, I mean, uh, J.K. Dobbins here. Like, you know, is he – is would Jack consider at some point later this season starting to play Dobbins over Tyrod Taylor in the OP spot? I think his plan is to play Dobbins over Gurley as we get midway through the year, just because Gurley, he thinks Gurley's going to wear down. Yeah. Dobbins will become more prominent in the offense, which could absolutely happen. Um, I, I just feel like that offense is going to be a, a three-headed committee um, between Gus, Dobbins, and Ingram. And, well, actually four, if you include Lamar. Um, 
But Dobbins did get all the goal line work, which makes him a lot more valuable than the rest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely, you know, touchdown dependent. Um, he's not getting a huge workload, but, you know, we'll see how the season progresses. And, you know, we'll see if Mark Ingram can stay healthy. He's kind of, you know, getting up there. So, you know, kind of a prime candidate to, to face an injury. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, for this matchup, I'm definitely taking Jack's team here. So, And they're projected, but it will win by, like, more than 30 points. So, yeah. um, you know, normally when the projections are close, you can't really rely on that much. But when they're that widespread, uh, then there's obviously something wrong there. So we'll go ahead and take a look at Carl and Dennison here. Uh, what do we think is going to happen here with Carl and Dennison? Well, uh, Dennison's definitely going to win just – I mean, solely based on the fact that Carl has faced so many injuries early on, that, that he stands no chance. Um, before we even look at Dennison's team, I can tell you Carl's going to lose. Um, no Michael Thomas is going to be, oh my gosh, it's going to kill his team. Devin Singletary wasn't getting, I mean, he was, was it even split with Zach Stacy? Because it seemed to me like Stacy's name was, or Stacy, Zach Moss. Um, because it seemed like his name was... <laughs> I was going to say, where are we, 2014 right now? Yeah, right. Oh, oh Zach Stacy, that breakout candidate. No, no. Zach Moss, he really seemed to have a lot more work in that game than Singletary. Um, yeah, and then he, he does have a tight end. Gosh, I'm I'm just scrolling through his team, and it's it's not pretty. Not pretty. You know what? I am going to go with upset of the week here, and I'm going to take Carl here over Dennison. Wow. I think that um, Carolina's defense is really bad. So Tom Brady is going to have a better game. I think Melvin Gordon will produce. I think Singletary will still has value. Uh, I think that Juju is going to go off uh, again. Um, I think that Burrow is going to hit Tyler Boyd for a touchdown. And as far as his replacement for Michael Thomas, um, I could see him playing either Jerry Judy. Uh, I could also see him playing Sammy Watkins. So I am going to take, and I think if you look on the flip side, like if you look at the matchups that Dennison has here, um, if you think the Browns are going to beat the Bengals, Joe Mixon's probably not going to have the best game, right? And Josh Jacobs against New Orleans defense. New Orleans defense is pretty darn good these days, um, especially that defensive line. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the upset here with Carl. Yeah, that's too bold. <laughs> I, I don't see it. Um, speaking of that Browns-Bengals game, I, I don't know about you, but when those teams match up, it's either going to be a 13-10 to 10 game or yeah. it's going to be 35-28. to 28. You know, it's, it's so just going to be a Thursday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really leaning more towards the 13-10 to 10. Um but we'll see. We'll see. I hope it's high scoring. Makes it more fun. Yeah, um, but, like, if that happens, you know, um, I mean, yes, that'll hurt Burrow and Boyd, but that'll also hurt Mixon probably as well. So, um, and A.J. Green, right? So, um, but, if like, that's the thing. If Burrow hits Boyd for a touchdown and doesn't throw a touchdown to A.J. Green, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that could be a huge swing. Um, and again, if Burrow scores three and Mixon and AJ Green don't score, like that's a huge swing there, you know, starting off the week. So I'm going with Carl with the upset here, just based off of how, how these, these lineups are set up here. All right. Well, I would not 
I will not be taking that upset, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, how about we – you want to do uh, – did we do your matchup or – We did. Yeah, we did yours. So we'll go ahead and uh, we can do Tackett and Jimmy. Uh, yeah, let's do Tackett and Jimmy. Here we have Tackett as the favorite, actually by a lot. Um, and it's not like Jimmy has any injuries, so – Wondering where they're seeing that at. Saquon, they think he's gonna have twenty against the Bears. Huh. No. <laughs> I mean, after that last performance, I'm I'm not so so confident in Saquon just being a, a top score every week in and week out, especially against a good defense. I mean, look what think the you know the Bears played the Lions last week, right? So Adrian Pierce almost oh, ran yeah, for a hundred yards. And um, so they move the ball against that defense, especially on the ground. I don't, you know, I personally, I mean, it's Saquon too. So it's not Adrian Peterson at 36 years old. We're talking about Saquon Barkley at like 24. So, um, you know, I personally think that 20 points is a very respectable projection. And then um, Jonathan Taylor against a Minnesota defense that just got, you know, shredded here. Right. Um. And then, you know, you got – I mean, like, I think, again, Daniel Jones is kind of like the biggest, like, you know, still ugly part along with Gallup here. But um, totally can see Hopkins, Metcalf, Kittle especially producing. So, um, I'm going to go I'm, – I'm still going to go with, um, with, with, with Tackett here uh, for this one. Um, I think – oh, man, I don't know. I, if Jimmy gets a better tight end, I think I would go Jimmy. Um, that's the one thing I'm concerned with on his team. I think Amari Cooper is going to put up 30-plus points against that Falcons team. Um, but then on the flip side, Tackett's got Gallup. So, I, man, these guys are just going to go off. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is, this is going to be a close one, I think. I don't think so. I think Tackett's going to blow him out. All right, well, with you saying that, I'm going to go on the flip side and pick Jimmy. All right. Um, so who do we have next? We have Lennon and Andres here. The, yep. What I thought would be toilet bowl, but is really like the best two teams in the league right now. Yeah, and they're dead even projections so far. Yeah, this is this is kind of a tough one here. Um, I'm going to go with the team with the better running backs and um, still go with um, – I never can remember their team names here. So this is uh, this is Lennon here. Um, so I'm going to go with Lennon's team with Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook. Like, you know, Cooper Cup could have his big game this week. and It's going to happen. Um, yep. I think even Stephon uh, Diggs could have another big game. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of worried about some of these matchups here when I look at, we'll look at Andres' team. You got a lot of Baltimore that I'm seeing here. Um, with Houston and Houston's offense certainly doesn't look like it's firing on all cylinders right now. So maybe you have a comeback to life game with David Johnson. Um, yeah, I'm a little more, I'm kind of concerned about Andres' uh, team here. So I'm going to go with Lennon. Yeah, I will too. Um, just because of the fact that his matchups are so much better. I do think that Marvin Jones and the Lions are going to feast on the Packers this week. Um, that defense, I mean, more so. Actually, I think it's going to be a shootout. So I think Devontae Adams on the other side of things for Andres will also score a ton of points, as he always does. 
And then we have Cooper yeah, Cup. I was like, when, when does Devontae Adams not score points? So Exactly. He's incredible. Um, Cooper Cup and Diggs, I think they're both going to go off this week. Um, and if, if I had any other options on Andres' side, I wouldn't want to play Will Fuller or Henry Ruggs. So just this week with Will Fuller being against Baltimore, that's not a good matchup, not one I would want to seek out. Yeah, uh, I think Will Fuller will be probably hitting his projection there, but if like only that, and then I think Ruggs is gonna is gonna be a big dud as well. So, um, you know, I, I think like his team name is gonna come back to bite him here. Ruggs and Drake just not not <laughs> feeling it uh, here for this week. So yeah, his running backs have horrible matchups. Um, Kenny and Drake against Washington. That defensive line is fantastic. They're much improved. They're, they're a lot better these days. So Jonathan Allen's doing really well, and Chase, you know, obviously Chase Young's the real deal. Deron Payne. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of talent there, and then David Johnson against Baltimore. Um, horrible matchup. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm picking London. Cool. Um, so then I think what what do we have left here? We have um, just my your uh, matchup for me and uh, me and Nate here. Yep, and that's it. So uh, Nate currently doesn't have a kicker, um, you know, in his lineup here, um, but uh, just in general. So, you know, I still got to figure out my running back situation here. Um, I mean, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, you know, and Patrick Mahomes. I just love having like that exposure to the Chiefs um, against the Chargers. Like, you know, yes, they eat into each other a little bit, but I mean, all it takes is a screenplay to the running back for a touchdown and, like I'm, I could get a 30 spot from both of them too. So, um, and I think last week was like, you know, 20 points from each of them. I'll take every single, I'll take every single week, especially when I compare that with Murray. So um, for me with Murray, like he's pretty matchup proof, like that rushing, those rushing stats will always keep him, you know, pretty high on the point range. Um, and uh, I love like the play it back with McLaurin. So Murray and McLaurin kind of going back and forth there. Um you know, I, I, I feel pretty good about my team here for this week. Yeah, um, I have to agree, especially considering I don't think James Conner is actually going to play. Um, quote, unquote, Mike Tomlin said they are leaving the light on for a chance to Conner to play Sunday, which I'm going <laughs> to take not, that as he's not going to play. I was going to say, that doesn't give me confidence that he's going to play there. So, um, you know, I mean, um, it, he's, he could either – you know, risk it by, you know, I guess he could play Kareem Hunt early, right? Um, or or wait and play, you know, Gibson or or Boston Scott or James Robinson here. So he's got options, um, just not, like, amazing options by any means. No, his options are very limited. Um, yeah, and, and looking at his team, I mean, Tampa Bay, I think they could feast on Carolina's defense. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think that Stafford and Galladay are going to connect on a touchdown, a long one at that. Um, and he's got Robbie Woods, who we just talked about Philly. We think that um, actually, you know what? Philly's corners are much improved this year. So I think this could be a big Cooper Cup game over the middle of the field in the slot. That's kind of how I Woods feel on the downside. We talked about we talked about Cup and we talked about Marvin Jones, right? So um, if that happens, you know. Um, that kind of leads like the odd men out with Galladay and Woods. So right, uh, but I do like Godwin uh, for sure, and and Zeke will always get his points there. 
Um, Trubisky, it's going to be interesting. I think Trubisky probably, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does against, if he doesn't show up against the Giants defense after like his comeback, you know, last week, um, you know, that, that's when people are going to start talking about Foles here, but, um, Trubisky is kind of an, an interesting play here in that OP spot if he goes with that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I wouldn't want Derek Carr against New Orleans. Um, yeah. But I, I think your matchup could come down to Trubisky in his performance. I think so, too. Yeah. I think he edges me out at tight end. Um, my tight end position is yeah. always a headache every single year. So, um, But uh, I could also mess around with Johnny Smith here. So um, debating doing that as well. So If I were you, I'd be 100% in on Johnny Smith. Um, I'm, I'm pretty like close to it. I liked him a lot going into the year, and on Monday Night Football, he was getting heavy usage. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of targets to go around. So, um, so I'm going to pick myself here. Um, who are you going with? Um, it, it's such a toss-up, but I have learned one thing in life, and that's never to depend on Trubisky. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'll go your direction here, too. Cool. All right. So I think that concludes it here for our week two, uh, week two episode. And I appreciate everyone listening. We got a, a lot of listeners last week. I would just say, you know, PSA to everyone um, listening as well. You know, feel free to we still have that voicemail uh, set yes. up. So feel free to leave us messages if you want to uh, join and, and you know, um, and, and be a guest speaker on the show here. Let us know. Um, we wanted to, you know, definitely wanted to start doing that as well. So hit us up. And, um, you know, other than that, you know, peace out and, you know, good, good luck and, you know, may the odds ever be in your favor this week.